Hash House and Circle Up. Welcome to On On, the Hash House Harrier podcast for interviews, history, and stories. I'm your host, Ra. Today on the podcast, we are back in the southwest of the United States in Phoenix, Arizona, with someone working from home today, but taking out time to be interviewed on the podcast. Welcome today on the podcast, actually, Little Bunny Poo. Yeah. Not to be confused with regular sized Bunny Poo. Welcome. Thanks. Hi. Let's introduce you by telling people where, when, and how you got to your first hash. Oh, goodness. My first hash was about 11 years ago, obviously. Hard to remember some things sometimes, but a friend at the time, now boyfriend, had met me dancing and said, I think you would really like the Phoenix Hash House Harriers. And I was like, okay, I'm looking for fun things to do in the area. I didn't really have a lot of community at that point. So I just picked up on everything. He introduced me and the first hash was an amalgamation of three different hashes coming together. So in Phoenix at the time, there was huge hashes, like 200 people, it felt like. But it was a lost boobs, full moon, tutu hash. Yeah, I went and it was this giant group of people and had an amazing time. Yeah. How soon did you go back? Two days. I oh, believe. Okay. So yeah. did it get you right away? You said, okay, I'll be doing this as much as I go dancing. Yeah, it ended up that way. It filled the gap. I had nothing to do on a Monday night or a Wednesday night or a Saturday afternoon. So it just grabbed me. Everybody was super nice and so helpful and so welcoming. The community of people that are in the hash, especially in Phoenix, were just so welcoming that I couldn't say no. Cool. What time of year was it? Because the weather there can affect. It was, I want to say it had to have been like spring or fall. Arizona really doesn't have a winter. It was probably the spring or the fall because it was super mild. It was a beautiful day to be out in the evening. Did you hash right through the year then all the way through the hot summer? Yeah, actually we have a fun thing that we do here, which is pool stops. People around town have pools in their backyard. So you go and you jump in a pool and get all wet and you get out and you continue on. It actually made it a lot a lot of fun and not as hot as you would think, even though sometimes our shoes would stick to the ground or we would get in a monsoon at the end of the season and basically almost die on trail. <laughs> That's great. Pull stopped. In the summer, was that something that happened almost every trail? Not every trail, but most of the time, at least once a week, if not once every other week. It just depended on who was available and hosting the hash at that point. I've hosted the hash in my own backyard. We've got a big pool out here, so it's easy to run into the back and take a dip and hang out for a couple of minutes and have a beer and then keep going. <laughs> That's brilliant. Let's tell people what it's like for those that have not been on a hash where there's a couple hundred people. How did they do the logistics of collecting money, feeding, watering, and bearing all these people? I'm a part of mismanagement. I've been in mismanagement for quite a few years now. And the logistics of it are actually quite simple because, again, going back to the people, 
everybody's super understanding that not everything can run as smoothly as possible. And they're actually willing to help. We have a lot of volunteers out here to do that work. Hash cash, everybody knows to line up in a certain way. And we start at parks, which allows us to spread out a little bit more. So we don't feel so cramped inside of a tiny bar or in somebody's house or whatever. People being aware of the situation of all these people queuing up properly and knowing who to go to and also having multiple people doing the same jobs to help each other get it done helps those logistics but it's a lot of coolers a lot of ice and a beer angel that knows what they're doing that's brilliant yeah doing that right is i guess why you can continue to have large turnouts how'd you get your hash name Oh, gosh. When I first started hashing in Phoenix, there was a fantastic woman that I met. Her name is Whores Whisperer, so you just want to talk to her. She's so easy to talk. <laughs> I love it. But she pulls out those stories that can really get you in the end. So at the time, I was dabbling in a side business called Bunny's Bakery. I'm a baker. I love baking. And so kind of everybody knew that. And she was talking to me about, I don't even remember, but I was just started telling this story about one time in my early years when I was a young lady, I had, I don't know if I can say this on the podcast. You can. Oh, I can't. Okay. Anal sex in a hot tub. How long did you know her book by the time you over this? Oh, it must have been, I don't know, a month, maybe a month. She's so easy to talk to. And I love her to this day. Shout out to Horse Whisper. If you're listening, we never really know what our names are going to be, right? So I heard rumors that they wanted to name me like Poop Tub Time Machine or something ridiculous. And they ended up with Little Bunny Poo Poo because Bunny's Bakery, I'm into bunnies. Bunnies are really cool and poop. Like most people, I guess a lot of people are asking how you get your hash name. Okay, that's a I know. And Do you always tell the truth? What? Do you always tell the truth when people ask you? I usually do just because it's the most ridiculous story ever. I'll basically say, hey, I had anal sex in a hot tub and they just drop it. Like they don't even want to talk about it. We're here to talk about it, but I think it's, I think it's been talked about. That's good. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you getting involved with mismanagement. How long did it take to get involved? What was your first role? It didn't take me too long to get involved because I've always been really community and charity driven. I do a lot of charity work on the side, outside of the hash as well. So I recognized that in the group that not only were they trying to have fun, but they were trying to support the community around them. My first job, it was at least a year because I didn't get named until I had been hashing for about a year. Shortly after that is when I felt a little, I'm not gonna say I felt more accepted because I got a name, but like I just felt a little bit more invested personally. At that point I started, I was food meister for LBH. So I did food on the back end, lots of beer angeling. Then I started helping with Red Dress Run. Then I helped with the interhash a little bit out here in Phoenix. And now I am the GM for Phoenix Red Dress. Uh-huh. So you have a GM for the event. Yes. And how much 
ahead of the event does that need to be assigned? How long to prep for that? And what's the scale of that? Oh, gosh, I know you're going to ask me this. So pre-pandemic, it was about a year. You would want to find the individual that was going to take over your position a year in advance. We have had upwards of 450 participants, registration, regos. We call them participants come to Phoenix specifically for Phoenix Red Dress. So planning is a year-round event. <laughs> From setting up the website, putting up the regos, marketing everything, planning trails and locations and bars, and even just the little things that happen during the event. We have a talent list show. So people sign up to do a talent. Um, and the bazaar was one thing that we added where people can bring haberdashery. That takes some time to come to fruition. <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't do it without my team. Everybody that volunteers for Red Dress out here has just been amazing. Nice. That's an enormous amount of work. I would talk a couple things about this event. How long is the event from when it starts and people arrive and get involved till it closes? It starts. Thursday evening. That's something new that we've brought in the last couple of years. I've been actually doing this for four years. We start Thursday night with pre-registration, like a packet pickup. So locals that are here can bypass that registration at the hotel. People come in as early as the weekend before so that they can patch um, with Phoenix throughout. Because we do have kind of events leading up to it, like our normal hashes and stuff. But attendance gets a little ramped up because more and more people are coming into town. So Thursday night, Friday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, all day Sunday. Our work with as mismanagement doesn't end until probably Monday or Tuesday, just because we have cleanup and sorting of the goods and equipment and stuff and tearing down like stages and whatnot. Yeah. What's the history or... What goes into the deciding of what the charity that benefits from the funds are? So our philosophy is to keep it local. When I started taking it over, I know a few years prior to me as well, we invest in local community charities. Instead of going to something big like Red Cross or the ASPCA, we would rather donate to an animal shelter that's in Phoenix that's a no-kill, bigger name, bigger operation, and something that needs to have some funds infused into it. We do pick four to five charities that we know need help and are local, and then we put it out to the community to say, hey, please vote. And they do get a choice in where that money goes. What's a round number? What's the donation end up being? It depends on the expenses of the event because obviously that takes away from it. But the last few years, we have been seeing two grand, three grand yeah. uh, being donated towards that charity. It's one of the bigger red dress events in the world. It is, yeah. How long has it been this big? As long as I can remember. My first red dress, I don't know exactly how many people were there, but... We sold out an entire hotel with three blocks of brooms, went through 32 kegs of beer. As long as I can remember, it's been the best big. So the red dress, the part where people wear red dresses is for one run. Is that right? right that Do is you have themes for the rest of the weekend? 
We do. There's an overarching theme for the entire weekend. One of the last ones we did was decades. So everybody had a different decade. And then there's an overarching theme throughout the entire event. Hopefully this year, we still haven't found a venue. It's going to be dazed and confused because throughout the pandemic, we were never able to celebrate all of the holidays. So everybody gets to pick a holiday. Friday, we do a room crawl. So each room has a theme that is integrated into the overarching theme. So people will be able to do like an Easter room and have Easter bunny and like an Easter egg hunt for the room crawl. So I think that's super fun and unique. Yeah, yeah. This whole weekend sounds great. I had been, I've been... Since I got back to North America, I lived in Egypt a long time. I've been attending the Inter-Americas, but I wasn't able to make it to Phoenix. What was your experience with the Inter-Americas hash? Absolute insanity. <laughs> I appreciate all of the Phoenix masters and volunteers. The sheer amount of volunteer power that went into that event was insane. And I don't know how we did it. I wasn't too involved, helped as much as I possibly could during the event, but I don't know how they did it. But it was so much fun just to be able to meet people from all over the world. That's very cool. Let's go back to hashing ideas. You talked about getting your name after about a year, and that's definitely a part of the tribal experience. Absolutely. How important do you think it is for people to get named and and in Phoenix now, does that process still take as long as it did for you? I don't think it takes as long as it did for me just because the population has dwindled since we had the pandemic. A lot of people moved away because they were able to. I think it doesn't take as long because there's not as many people to sift through and try and get to people and whatnot. But I definitely feel like a name is earned. Like you can't just come in expecting or... Demanding? Yes. Yes. Like an entitlement. Like I came, I'm entitled to a name. No, this is a community. We come together as a community and there's always going to be some figuring each other out and seeing if, are you cool? Because I want you to be cool and I think you're okay. And the prairie dog, you can pop your head up and you'll take a look and back down and you're just like, all right, you're cool. I like you. Okay. I don't think it's as important as people make it out to be sometimes, but yeah, it made me feel accepted a little bit more, I have to say. So I appreciate the name. <laughs> okay. And respect the name. The hashers are all familiar with the local customs of their club and whatever they experience as they travel around. But what of the hashing customs and culture is so important to you that it's made you get in, dive in, and stay heavily involved? Camaraderie, the pack. Yes, you're chasing a hare, but you're a pack and you have to figure out trail together. It's not a lone wolf type situation. It's a pack. You're together trying to solve a mystery. That camaraderie and that cooperation is what kept me coming back because everybody was so inclusive in your like, All right, we're over here. No, wait, we're over here. Okay, no, this is the right way. 
that kind of thing makes that shared experience something that is in the collective memory and individual memories too. That's interesting. Absolutely. And the songs. Oh my gosh, I can't get over the songs. Are you still going to public places and bars? Where do you do this? Yeah, in the bars, outside of bars, on street corners. We used to do choir practices, which were a lot of fun, where we just get hang out together and sing. But at any chance you get, obviously in circle, that's the best part. Coming up with verses for different multiverse songs like Gummy Bear and Chicago. <laughs> nice. I want to ask you about your mismanagement track there. How much of the rest of mismanagement, you've been on it now for several years, how much turnover is among the other people? I know that you say the pandemic has gutted a lot of clubs, made people have opportunities to change where they live and everything. How has it changed your mismanagement team? Our mismanagement changes quite frequently. We do have a lot of erections here. There's always fresh ideas. There's always somebody new. There are some hashes that mismanagement has stayed the same because they enjoy it. They enjoy doing what they're doing. Or it's a smaller hash, maybe J-Hot, just a hash on Tuesday, is a smaller group of people. So there might not be a lot of diversity in people wanting to do mismanagement or can do mismanagement within that group. So they don't change as often. Something like lost boobs would change often. And we are getting new blood and new ideas and things are changing, which is good. I think change is good. Everybody should have a chance to understand what it takes to run the hash to appreciate the hash a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Once people have done any role in mismanagement, the amount of whinging changes. Yes. <laughs> whinging, that's a good one. I like that. But let's name off. What are all the clubs out there that you have hashed with or currently hashed with? There's a lot of names. They're not all called Phoenix. What are all the hash clubs there? Oh, goodness. So there's Lost Boobs. That's on Mondays. There's Just a Hash on Tuesdays. There's Hump to Hash on Wednesdays. There's a Saturday Hash. Why am I forgetting the name of that one? Oh, it's amazing. They're awesome. We have The Bash, which is a bicycle hash. That's once a month. That's super fun. We've got Hashers Not Trasher. That's a really great community, really great program that we started. We go out do roadside pickups. People have adopted highways out here and we do an annual trash pickup event, camping event where we go out into the desert and find a trash pile and pick it up. And then there's full moon. That's a fun one. So every full moon, there's several little niche ones, some camping, some ultras. There's all sorts of different programs out here that people can get involved in. Are all of the hashes in that area co-ed? Yes. Oh, so we do have an all-female hash, and then we have an all-male hash. I can't remember the names of them right now because they're obviously slightly inactive right now. Yeah, we used to do that where it's, oh, all the girls. But then we would invite the boys, and the boys would dress up as girls, and the girls would dress up as boys, and it was always co-ed anyways. What about kids? Is there, are there any hashes where kids are... Uh, regular part of it there is a children's hash i've got to find the names of these i keep forgetting people can look them up on half mine when they're coming into town and make sure of it yeah absolutely yes the zoni hash house harriers they are the ones that do it's friendly hash which my children have hashed how many hashes it's about 10 11 years 
And you've hashed more than once a week average, you think, for all this time. How many trails do you think you've been on? Oh, more than I can count on both hands and both feet, hun. Yeah, I would say on average once a week because I try to at least go to lost moves because it's my mother hash. I recently had foot surgery, so I can't really run or walk. I haven't been able to for at least three years now. Heads up, guy. But yeah, I would say about a week once a week on average. So you're in the 500 plus range. Probably, yeah. So quite experienced. Let's get a little bit more personal here. You are in a relationship with somebody that took you to your first hash. Is hashing good for relationships and is relationships good for hashing? Oh, it depends on the relationship. (laughs) I think I've heard from female friends and male friends that are hashers that have said to me, it's so hard to date in the hash because you know these people intimately and aside of them that they might not always show to the outside world because hashing is a niche. It's a place to let go. It's a place to be silly. They find that they get into a relationship and see another side of the person that they're dating or that they're a hasher, but they find a, a partner that is not into hashing and they have to make a decision. Do I stick with the community or do I go with my partner? It depends on the relationship. But for me personally, we love hashing together. We love the silliness. We have our friendships. I go by myself and he goes by himself and we go together. And it's just, we love it because it's (laughs) playtime. That's a good description. Yeah, I think that's all fair and really good insight into it. It is individual. Wanted to ask you about your kids. Your kids have been on hash. Did they get hash named? Or... No, they haven't. I've selfishly almost kept it to myself because they know what I hash and what kind of it is, but they don't know exactly what it's all about. But yeah, they've been to a couple of the hashes and they had fun. They had a lot of fun. It's great. It's a great friendly environment when you go to the child driven ones like zonies you do a big event now for four years with the red dress event that's a lot of visitors coming in the america interhash you were there you helped a bit you certainly experienced the whole thing what hash traveling did you do did you get away from phoenix and arizona and hash other places oh yeah i hashed in kentucky louisville i've hashed in vegas it's fun mexico I think that's been about it. I tried to meet up with some hashers in Germany for Oktoberfest, but we all know how Oktoberfest is. It's a crazy time. So not too much travel hashing. Let's talk about people then. You obviously have a big community and friends. Were there any people who were hashing mentors or I don't know what say role models, but hash models for you in your progression to being mismanagement. Your key figure there that keeping it together and using your experience to keep contributing, regardless Um, of what happened with your feet and your physical challenges. Oh gosh. Hash figures. Nair Bear and Hot Pocket. They are amazing people, amazing community leaders. They've since moved, I believe, to Virginia. Horse Whisper. She was an awesome GM. Donkey Dilda Delight. Fantastic human. Longtime hasher, bitch and hoe. This woman, I cannot sing her praises enough. She is a stickler and she's a bitch. She's a bitch and hoe. She's super, she keeps me on point. I really appreciate her. And she's 
hosted and GM did stuff. Oh, Poon. Temple, she taught me everything there was to do for Red Dress because she was the GM prior to myself. There's who's in my mouth. He, he's been my rock, my support. There's sweaty nipple surprise it's a good list so it's not a full list but i do want to add one other the the mismanagement team from hashers not trashers strokey bear and jacqueline i cannot remember your hash name right now but those two phenomenal people i definitely want to thank them i talked to strokey bear and he was able to explain some of the origin story for Hashers Not Trashers and the operation. But what do you have to say about Hashers Not Trashers? Oh, I think they are doing amazing work helping the community pick up trash and just ecologically sound decisions on their part, like using, promoting biologically ethical things for the hash, giving out sponges that are made out of walnuts instead of foam and biodegradable bath. Just little things that they've done to promote their ethic while also hashing. It has been awesome. And I really appreciate them as people and as management. Excellent. So a little bit more into the local hash there, the way, let's say, Lost Boobs operates. The the alcohol. Is it all beer? Have you moved on and tried (laughs) other things too? Yeah. No, beer still an essential, but we've been providing a lot more seltzers. And as a nice lighter option, we will always have something that is gluten-free. So cider, wine, but yeah, it's still pretty much beer. (laughs) Yeah. There's certainly a lot of clubs that do nothing but beer, certainly around the world, but they're stepping out a little bit there to hit the audience. How about non-drinkers? Is there a percentage of non-drinkers on your hashes up there? Oh, yes, absolutely. I know quite a few people who don't drink or they prefer other things rather than drinking, which is totally acceptable and appreciated. Let's talk about the future. You've weathered the storm of the pandemic and people change, numbers come and go. What about the longer term? Phoenix is just really a hotbed or a mega center of hashing now. It qualifies with eight to 10 different hashes a month. Yeah. How strong is it? And in general, the activity, the running boom almost coincided with the growth of hashing worldwide. Then came so many other things to do, so many other activities. There are other running and drinking and other things and drinking clubs. What do you think? Is Phoenix going to look the same 20 years from now with hashing? I hope so. I really have high hopes that this next generation of young individuals that are turning 21 are looking for community. I think we need to maybe pivot a little bit on more of a community outreach and, hey, we're we're an inclusive community. It's not all about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. These are our other qualities because that's really at the true heart of it. Like when you get down deep into what hashing is, it's community. If we maybe reposition and bring in those new people and have community outreach and be like, hey, come join us. Hey, it's not an exclusive club, not a cult. <laughs> It's a cult, but it's not a cult, but focus on community and 
I think it can be that good. I think it can be great again. Oh gosh, that sounded really terrible. That's great though. There's plenty of clubs saying, what are we going to do to get more young people coming in? And that is interesting to change part of the discussion and introduction about come be part of our community. We run, drink, but all that stuff's optional, but that's what drives us. If someone said, I heard you're part of Hash House Harriers, what is it? What do you say to people? Oh, what are the Hash House Harriers? I say that we are a charity group with a drinking problem. Um, that's how I kind of position it. We are. We do charity. We do really great works for the community. We clean up. We help each other out. Like somebody can reach out on World Virtual Hash and ask a question about whatever and somebody's there to help so we are a community that's what i say we are a community i keep pushing it <laughs> and i will always keep pushing it but yeah i say we're a really fun group of people we drink we run you don't always have to do both but we are a community yeah that's very cool i think that's in a lot of people's heads it doesn't always come out of their mouths when they're talking about hashing but yeah i think that's Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, that's definitely it. Very but cool. tagline always still remains the same. I always end it. We're a drinking club with a running problem. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any favorite hash songs? Yes, too many. And how's I used your singing to... voice? Oh, terrible. You All don't right. want to hear me I, I do. I do want to hear you sing at least something. I did make up a song that was a contribution. Um, it's if all the raindrops were come drops and jizz drops oh what a rain that would be i stand outside with my mouth open wide going ah, 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 ah. yeah all right maybe that'll get spread around the world like yeah yeah i oh does it have a title or what do you call it come drops there you go okay <laughs> well hope people can get back to you and say we're singing the come drop song now yeah perfect that's wonderful and yeah, absolutely. I like that song, obviously. I used to work in Chicago. I love that song because it's just so fantastically hilarious. When is the next red dress? When's the red dress coming up here? Oh, gosh, you got to ask the hard-hitting questions, don't you, man? Oh, so we are expecting to push it into fall because... The venues here in Phoenix, Arizona have not been too polite to us. We've had several issues with falling out ownership of properties telling us absolutely not. I finally have a really great location that is super helpful and willing to work with us. So hopefully we will have an announcement on a date sometime fall of 2023. If that does not pan out, then we are looking at spring of 2024. That's just the crux of the matter is we're having a hard time finding a venue. So we do not have a date yet. I think it's fair to say anytime there's an event, you get over 200 people to 400. It doesn't double the complexity. Sometimes it puts you in a whole different class of event. The length of the event at Vegas can tell you the length of the event and the amount of people that are going to be coming. It's exciting and it's great. It's fantastic. It's just... It's a lot to swallow. Yeah. You've got that song to keep everybody's mouth open and swallowing as much as they can. <laughs> That's true. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for all that you do and putting out the news and 
super interesting podcasts such as this. Great. Yeah, it was nice getting to know you. I think your personality and your philosophy comes across very clearly. You know who you are. You're a very positive person, so you're a great thing for the hash. I don't think we've ever hashed together because I haven't been out to the Southwest for a long time. So hopefully we'll meet on trail sometime. Absolutely. I'll be in Cincinnati at the end of April. So I'm hoping to hash in Cincinnati. I will be in New Orleans the weekend of May 1st. And then I'll be in North Carolina hashing with all of my friends out there for a wedding. Excellent. Wow. I've got a lot going. We're going to Kiwi Nash Hash on my birthday in about a little over two weeks. We're going to New Zealand for Kiwi Nash Hash. Two weeks of hashing. Oh, uh, that's going to be so much fun. And rumps and commotion in New Jersey and Euro hash in Amsterdam. So it's kind of like you. All of our trips are hashing. I am so jealous. I tried to meet up with the Amsterdam hashers. It just never lined up. Oh, I'm jealous. You're going to have so much fun. Great to talk with you. Thanks for your time and see you on trail. On. on. Talk to you later. This is the On On Podcast. Hasher voices, hasher stories, hasher history. New episodes every week. Until next time, on on, this is Ra. To close the circle, here's the hash anthem sung by Mother Hash. Swing low.